I could feel my spirit separating from my body and to the point to where it's like floating. But then I was in the doorway of the operating room and I could see my body laying on the table. Hi, my name is April Smith and I'm 39 years old and this is my turn to testify. I'm from Augusta, Georgia, and you know, I was I was a wild child. I will say I consider myself a wild child back then. Um, really didn't have too much direction. Was like really just kind of just going with the wind, going with the flow of things. And um, one day, I remember laying across my bed. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I remember laying across my bed, and at an early age, at the age of 18, I have. I felt during that time that I went through a lot of stuff mentally, emotionally, like everything above. And I remember laying across my bed and I was crying out to the Lord. And mind you, I really didn't have a relationship. But one thing I do know, and this is a sidebar, when you get to the point in your life where you want change, believe me, something within you will unction you to cry out to the Lord. And I remember crying out to the Lord and I was like, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of that. And um, after that cry, you know, I got saved at the age of 18. And it was a little different because um, right now I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. And so with me being saved then, I didn't really know too much about the Lord, but I did know I was supposed to go to church on Sunday. And with that, because I knew I had to go to church on Sunday, I still had the mind frame of I can do what I want to do Monday through Saturday, as long as I got up on Sunday morning and went to church. And so I am so glad that God changed my mind frame from that perspective. But I learned a lot during that time and learning came through dreams and visions and encounters with God. I remember saying these words, Lord, send me someone that's going to love me for me. And that's when I met my husband. And um, at this time, I had my own apartment and things of that nature. And um, in Georgia, we do this thing called jiving. That means that you're actually like joning on somebody. You're picking at them. And I remember he came through the door and at that time, at that time, I still was going to church. Please keep that in mind. But at that time, he came over with some uh, male friends that I already knew. And when he came through the door, Holy Spirit, I didn't know it was Holy Spirit then, but I know Holy Spirit now. But I said something within me said, that's your husband. And I was like, I know I'm drunk. I know I'm high. That was my exact words to myself. And... um met him we were jiving on each other he had sidebar he's gonna like flip out because i said this but he had on these baby blue and white jordans right and i told him he said something i was like look at you with them baby shoes on because they have they were soft bottoms <laughs> and so it just started from there and he just have been everything that i have prayed for but he was going through his own things but we'll talk about that at a different time So 
So I meet my husband and long story short, we have four amazing children um, together. And, but I learned my experiences through my children. And what I mean by that is every child that I've had, I had, an, God gave me an experience. Like my oldest, she's 21. And I had her when I was five months pregnant. And normally people who have their babies early at five months, they don't survive or they go through some drastic changes in their bodies. And I remember when I found out I was pregnant with her, I went to the doctor. The doctor literally wanted to abort her for free. My first pregnancy, the doctor wanted to abort her for free. He came in and said, well, you have all these things going. We see that the baby is not growing and um, she's going to be mental, retarded. When she come here, she's going to need 24 hour around the clock care. This is what the doctor told me. And so he was like, but you know what? We could actually um, do an abortion for you if you choose to. You don't have to pay for it. Your insurance would cover it. And even though I was a wild child, I had enough sense to say, you know what? I laid down in my bed to get her. So whatever comes after that, I'm going to accept the consequences. And just know she is 21 years old. She has no problems at all and God is good. And from that experience, I remember this is another cry out moment. When I had her at five months, I went to see her in the NICU. She was very small. Her head was literally at the tip of my finger and her feet was literally at the bottom of my wrist. I could fit her in the palm of my hand. She wore one pound and six ounces. Normally when babies come at that particular age, um, or during that time, they don't breathe on their own. They need, you know, breathing assistance and things like that. But when she came here, she was breathing on her own. And the only reason why they gave her like this breathing tube, because they didn't want her to exhaust herself, exhaust her lungs and things of that sort. But let me tell you, when I went home without my baby, the doctor called me a few days later and he said, well, your daughter, Honesty, that's her name, she has double pneumonia in her lungs. Her lungs have collapsed and we don't know what else we could do for her. And again, I cried out to the Lord because I was saved, but I wasn't saved for real. And so when I cried out to the Lord, I said, Lord, if you save my child, I promise that I'll serve you for the rest of my life. And again, that now, now she's 21 years old. She has graduated from community college. She's a medical assistant and she's thriving for her RN. She has her own vehicle and she is such a blessing in um, our lives, me and her dad's life. And let me tell you, we named her Honesty and baby, that girl is honest. And she go tell you some stuff that you just don't want to hear sometimes. You know, I'm like, how I look, oh, that, 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 that just don't look good, you know? And so I just love her personality because her personality is literally 
who she is. Her name is Honesty and she's a very honest young lady. And so that's my first experience with just truly crying out to God and him answering me. Now going into my next daughter, her name is Journey. And boy, she is a character. Uh, she's, she's a very pleasant young lady to be around. And when she walks into a room, she is sure just to light it up. And I remember when I was pregnant with her, um, the doctors always said that my body was not designed to have babies. And for whatever reason, something would just always transpire in my pregnancy. So they was like, you know, your body is just not designed to have babies. And so when I was pregnant with Journey, half of my pregnancy, I was in the hospital with her. And I remember when I used to have these dreams, it would always be about the Bible. And then um, the day before delivery, because I was a little early with her as well, the day before delivery, but that night, not knowing that I was going to have to deliver her the next day, I went to sleep and I was in this room. And in this room, it just was like pillars. It was like a little dark, brownish dark, and it was like pillars. And on these pillars, it was like books. But in the middle, it was like a higher pillar. And it was like the biggest Bible that I've ever seen in my life in, in this dream. And um, I began to walk towards the pillar in the middle. And as soon as I stepped over the Bible, the Bible opened by itself and the pages just started to flip like really fast. And in the dream, while the pages were turning, I literally felt like I was obtaining the whole world, the word of God. And I remember even in the dream saying like, wow, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. And literally like the whole Bible just kept turning like really fast. And as the pages was turning, I was literally being filled with the word of God. And then I woke up. I was like, man, I don't remember nothing. But I know that that experience will carry over into who I am today in God. And going into my son, CJ, I was in the hospital with him as well because I had preeclampsia and um, high blood pressure and all these things. And again, they were telling me, you know, my body was not designed to have babies and that every time that I had a baby, I was gonna go through something. And so here I am pregnant with CJ. I'm in the hospital again and I would just dream at nighttime. And I had a dream to where I was literally in this forest and we were all like in this plane or something like that, but everybody had like on this white suit and you know how astronauts have like the little space thing over their face. And so we all were like that. And I was looking for something sacred. I didn't know what I was looking for, but in the dream, the spirit was telling me I'm looking for something sacred. And so all of us is in this forest or this field with surrounded by all these trees and everybody was looking for something. And all of a sudden, the people that I started out with, we're all in white, we're all in these little um, helmet, clear helmet things. And as we proceed to go further into whatever we're looking for, only thing I know is the spirit was like, we're looking for something sacred. And the closer that we got, the people around me just started to drop like flies. And when I looked around, I was literally standing by myself. 
And what the Lord was revealing to me, and I know we hear this from a cliche perspective, but the Lord was showing me then, even in my infancy as a babe in Christ, is that there are people who are going to start out with you. But the people who start out with you, when you look around, you're going to be by yourself. And I didn't know the magnitude of that dream until I came into who I am today in Christ. You know, people will, I'm not going to say people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For a long time, it took it took courage for me to actually say that I am a prophet of God. And that dream connected to me because when you move in the not just the spirit of prophecy, but when you're in the office of a prophet, there are times where you have to stand alone by yourself. And I thank God for the dreams then that he brings back to my remembrance when I get into this thing of, oh, man, I'm by myself or, oh, I can't do what other people do. It brings me back to the position of who I am in Christ. And it took me a while to admit that because I've seen so many people misabuse the office of a prophet or I see so many people, even from a Facebook platform, use it from a monetary perspective to profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, instead of truly moving in the office of the prophet. And let's be honest, nobody wanna be thrown into a category of people just like, oh, y'all just out for money and all these things. But I do wanna sidebar and say this, there are true prophets still in the world today. There are true prophets still standing for righteousness and standing for holiness. And now I am proud to not just admit, but to say that I am a prophet of the most high God. And it's only by his doing. After I had my son, CJ, it was like literally because their birthdays is June. CJ's birthday is June and Choice's birthday is in July. So it was like literally I got pregnant back to back and I was embarrassed though I'm married though my marriage is thriving I was embarrassed to be pregnant again that soon and at that time I was being introduced as a minister and for some reason the enemy tried to put this shame upon me about being pregnant again so soon though it wasn't out of wedlock or nothing like that I was married and I remember one day I decided that I was going to get an abortion. I didn't tell my husband I was pregnant. I didn't tell my mom I was pregnant. I didn't tell nobody I was pregnant. I just got the news and I just withheld it because in my mind, I didn't know if I was going to um, have the baby or not. And I was at my mom's house and this is what I said. I said, Lord, I know what I want to do, but if you don't want me to abort this child, you're gonna have to send me some, some type of sign. I said that, right? Okay, so I turned on the TV. Joyce Myers is talking about being fruitful and multiplying, right? And I, this is what I said. And guess what? It was She was using it from the context of children. I laughed and I said, God, that's too easy. That's too easy. And so I got invited to go to, matter of fact, I remember it was December and it was a watch night service. <laughs> it was a watch night service and it was in December. And that was, I had choice in 2009, so it lived till 2008. I walked through the doors of that church 
and I could hear Holy Spirit tell me, you want a sign, I'm about to give you one. And the whole time I'm walking into the church, I'm saying, don't do, to, don't, don't do this to me right now. Don't do this to me right now. Don't do this to me right now because I'm thinking about it from an embarrassing perspective. Don't do this to me right now. Don't do this to me right now. So I literally tried to blend in in the back to avoid being in the front because um, I knew he was a true prophet of God. And he got up singing and his song was, I'm so amazed by you. I'm so amazed by you. I'm so amazed by you, how you love me. He started singing this song to the Lord. I know I don't sound good, y'all, but it's all good. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. <laughs> and he started to preach his sermon. In the middle of his sermon, he stopped preaching and he began to pace back and forth on the pulpit. And then he came down on the floors and he began to pace again. He began to pace like in between the pews. And again, I'm blending in in the middle. I'm still saying, Lord, don't do this to me right now. Don't do this to me right now. This man came to me and he said, daughter, I'm saying the words verbatim because I remember it like it was yesterday. He said, daughter, the Lord said, if you kill that child going into 09, he's going to kill you and your ministry. Now, I know somebody may be saying, you mean to tell me that the Lord said he was going to kill you? I'm mean to tell you that that was the word that was given. At that time, I didn't even know I had a ministry. Come on here. And I don't mean like being a pastor over a church. I just mean like moving in the things of God and the things that he called me into. Honey, that man said, let me say it again. He said, the Lord said, if you go into, um, he said, you go into, he said, if you kill that child going to 09, he's gonna kill you in your ministry. I dropped to the floor. Now here's the funny part, cause my husband had to made it to the church then. <laughs> he was looking like, who pregnant? <laughs> cause he didn't know that I was pregnant. But I literally, I dropped down, I repented, and that was the end of that experience. They were telling me I couldn't have him naturally because I was dealing with a cervical cancer issue. So they were saying, you have to, we have to do a C-section. And so during this C-session, I am at the hospital and um, I'm being prepped for the C-section and the doctors come in or the nurse, one of them, and they begin to put like the epidural in my back. They begin to give me like some type of, I believe it's the epidural in your back so you won't feel the pain from the C-section. And I told the nurse, I said, I believe you're giving me too much medicine. This is what I told her. She was like, oh, no, it's okay. It's always gonna feel, it's, it's gonna feel like that. It's gonna feel cold when you start to feel whatever that solution is going into your body. And I was telling her, I said, I understand that I'm gonna feel the solution go in my body, but I don't think I should be feeling it in my legs. <laughs> and that's what I told her. It's like, I could literally feel this solution pumping throughout my body but I knew it was too much. And she was telling me that it wasn't. 
So when we get into the operating room for the C-section, you know, my husband almost fainted. Um, and, but before then they laid me back and my husband was like right there. He was like, I love you. And I said, I love you too. And this is what I told him. I said, but if I don't make it, just know that I love you and I love the children. And he was like, girl, stop talking crazy. But I, at that moment, I literally can feel my spirit leaving my body. I couldn't explain it. I was already like halfway out of breath. But when they put me back, it's like I couldn't breathe at all. And I told him, I said, just know if I don't make it, I love you and your ch love you and the children. And sure enough, when they put me back and they took choice from my body, I literally flatlined. And according to medical records, it was like, um, it was like eight minutes. It was like eight minutes when I flatlined. And during that time, I could, however the Lord does what the Lord does, I could feel my spirit separating from my body and to the point to where it's like floating. But then I was in the doorway of the operating room and I could see my body laying on the table and I could see the doctors like trying to do what, whatever they were doing. And then my doctor, she was a woman doctor. I'm not going to say her name doctor and she literally jumped on my chest and she started doing this and I'm in the doorway in the spirit because it was out about experience and even then I was like what is she doing why is she jumping on me like that and I remember me saying that and then next thing you know is like I was no longer in the in the doorway and it was like I was just brought to this place and it was just like these tall gates and they literally at these tall gates it was like pearls or something at the end and um as i'm like i wasn't even walking i can't even explain it it was just like a movie to where you literally just gliding through the scenes and i came to this place and it was like this field of flowers and it was not a flower that i have seen here on earth and literally everything was in sync. And what I mean by that is like, I can't even explain the, the singing, but it was just so in sync and the flowers will move with the singing. And it was like the gates will move with the singing and everything was in sync. It was going back and forth and back and forth. And then literally it went to like a different pattern, like, breathing and so it literally like when it was breathing everything breathed in together everything breathed out together now when i think about that experience now i think about the matrix because there was like a scene in the first matrix when uh, when neo when he would breathe in everything breathed in but when he would breathe out everything would breathe out and it's just amazing and that experience Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I was there. And the Spirit of the Lord told me that I was in heaven. And I remember I didn't see like a physical body or anything like that, but I heard a voice and the voice said that I had to go back. 
because I literally did not want to come back in my body. I wasn't even thinking about my husband I was leaving behind. I wasn't thinking about the, my children at that moment. In that moment, I have never ever in my earthly life experienced that much peace. It was so much peace that I did not want to come back in my body. I can't even explain it. That's, that's the only words I have for it. It was such a peace that I did not want to go back into my body. And the voice said, <clears throat> the spirit of the Lord said, you have to go back and you have to tell people what you've seen here. I did not want to go back. I was literally crying. I was literally crying. And after that, I didn't go through no tunnels or nothing like that. It was like another scene play. I was back in the operating room, back in the operating room. I literally felt the, um, I forgot the tool, the fibrillator or something like that. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, but that's my Georgia coming out. It's all good. Um, they had the machine to where they like press to bring you back to life. And in that moment, I saw the lights in the room, but then I went back out of myself. And then that's when I was in the doorway of the operating room and they were operating on me. And when I did come back into my body, it was like pins and needles. It's like I literally had to take those days to learn how to walk. It was just pins and needles. That's all I could um, really express. And that my doctor at the time, she came to me and she expressed what happened and things of that nature. And this is what I said. I said, after she said what she said, I said, well, let me ask you something. And she was like, sure. I was like, why were you jumping on my um, chest like that? Cause I was like, it was a real question for me then. And she was like, how did you know I was, how did you know that I um, got on your chest? I said, because I saw you. And that moment she said, um, she switched my doctors. <laughs> she was like, well, this is my last visit seeing you. I will switch you to a different doctor. So in my closing, I will say this. This is the first time outside of just testimonial service that I have shared this experience. And I believe in a roundabout way, I didn't know how to feel about sharing my experience because you have those people again that would try to say, oh, this didn't happen. And then you have another set of people think you're trying to be too deep or something like that. But I stand here, I am grateful that I am alive to share this experience with you all because if it only reaches one person, if it only touches one person, then God has done his job. There's no glory unto me. Now with boldness is because you have someone that is literally sitting here testifying to you, telling you, baby, you are not crazy. That son or daughter, you are not crazy. This is just something that God is working in you. And in the process of that, the deliverance that take place, I was a chief smoker and I'm not talking about cigarettes. I was a chief weed smoker, not just a weed smoker. I would lace my blunts with cocaine 
I'm telling you, what you're looking at now is a transformation that only God can do. He has delivered me from drugs. He has delivered me from weed smoking. He has delivered me from being a chronic alcoholic. I used to see these shows that used to come on um, the Discovery Channel and people used to talk about how they died and went to heaven. And I was the main one talking like, whatever, be lying. <laughs> it is amazing now I'm thrown in a category. Somebody may be looking at me like, girl, you lying, but I'm not. And the people were not lying. And I'm grateful that God allowed me to have that experience because when I go through things, I know that one day heaven will be my home. The Bible tells us that we overcome by the power of our testimony. That's my testimony. And now I invite you for you to tell yours under the spotlight.